Welcome to the Silver Screen Podcast. I'm Jared Boomer. And I'm Katie Ganey-West. This is a podcast about movies and pop culture. And today we are talking about one of the biggest, if not the biggest movie of the year, and that is Spider-Man No Way Home. So, Spider-Man. Does he do whatever a spider can? I think so. I think that's the song. So I bet some people, fanatics, are screaming right now. Probably. They're like, this is is how you start this episode with the biggest movie of the year. Frustrate people at the top of the hour. (laughs) Right off the top. No, I know that they say, does whatever a spider can. But then I forget. I know how the tune goes, but not the words. Yes. So they did not sing that song in this movie, but they did uh, did everything else. Though They did everything else. We will say we'll say it again before we get really into it. But this is going to be impossible to talk about without spoilers. So spoiler filled, spoiler filled. So if you haven't seen it, we'll tell you when to turn off and come back. But just know this is not going to be a spoiler free review of Spider-Man. I would turn off five minutes in and then come back in the next day or two after you've seen the movie. Yes. We do yeah. have uh, a couple quick news items, though, and then we'll get right into Spider-Man. The only things are that the Golden Globe nominations and the Critics' Choice nominations came out. Now, the Golden Globes, they're in a lot of hot water right now. They're supposed to announce the winners coming up in January, but as of right now, NBC's not televising the ceremony because of the lack of efforts by the Hollywood Foreign Press Association to increase the diversity of the Hollywood Foreign Press Association. What? So, Right now, it doesn't have a telecast. They're going to announce the awards on January 9th, whether it's on TV or not. But it would be very weird to just go on like Variety and see the Golden Globe winners and it not be on TV. So, Jared, what planet have I been on? (laughs) I hadn't heard a word about this. So that happened back in like May. And then (laughs) I think the reason... I was busy then. I don't think it was a big news item because I think they thought... Like, a lot of people thought that the Hollywood Foreign Press Association and NBC were probably going to get things worked out before January. And NBC is still, like, at this point, like, no, we're not televising this. So we'll see if if it's on tv or not so i mean if someone will pay me and pay for the flight i will gladly host a ceremony in someone's yard in beverly hills also if it's not on tv it would be the first time since the 36th golden globe (gasps) awards in 1979 and these will be the 79th so you know what i love this because it's dramatic yes and you know We need more of that. So we're not going to go through all the categories. I'm just going to do, if you don't know, the Golden Globes splits it up into best motion picture drama and best motion picture musical or comedy. So we'll just go through those because I think that's, you know, that's the big award. So, and then we'll do the same for the Critics' Choice, which they just do best picture. They don't split it up. So for the Golden Globes, best motion picture drama nominees are Belfast, Coda, Dune, King Richard, and The Power of the Dog. That's a pretty solid list. We've done episodes on some of those movies. So Love Dune. Um, super sad I haven't seen Belfast. I am I'm going to see it. I like that Coda is still in the conversation, even though I that came too. out in the summer. So We yeah. also did an episode on that. If anyone's interested, please feel free to revisit that. And then Best Motion Picture, Musical or Comedy, the nominees are Cyrano, Don't Look Up, Licorice Pizza, Tick Tick Boom, and West Side Story. So, Jared, forgive my faces over here. Um, uh, don't look up though. I wanted to tell you, I've heard, I've heard not good I've, things. I've heard not great things. Yes. So uh, yeah, I haven't watched it yet, but 
Licorice yeah, pizza, I have heard great things, but it's not out I, anywhere. It's like in four that, theaters. So it's one hundred percent just not my kind of film, though. Yeah, I'm not a big Paul Thomas Anderson fan. So I also did not realize that that was a girl from. Do you pronounce it Haim or Haim? I think it's Haim. Yeah, Haim. I think it's Haim. So yeah. she, yeah, and she's friends with T Swift. Yeah, and she's as any Swifty would know because she was in her Heim. birthday post yeah. the other day. Happy birthday, Taylor. Um, yeah. So I I'm don't just, really. I thought that was weird. Yeah, I don't. These musical or comedy nominees are a little odd. I also haven't seen three of them, so I can't really say much on a lot of them. I've seen Tick Tick Boom. That was pretty good. We're gonna do an episode on West Side Story next week, so you'll get our full thoughts there. So, but the other three I have not seen. And then for Critics Choice Awards, those will be on TV. They will be on the CW and TBS coming up on Sunday, January 9th. So literally right after the day after the golden globes is that right yeah no same day as the golden globes okay gutsy oh, choice yeah, January but... not... oh <laughs> more drama i gutsy love it choice this will be on tbs and the cw again hosted by tay diggs and nicole Byer. so best picture nominees over here are pretty much the same except one movie that was not in the golden globes did sneak in over here so best picture uh the nominees are belfast coda don't look up dune King Richard, Licorice Pizza, Nightmare Alley, that's the new one, The Power of the Dog, Tick, Tick, Boom, and West Side Story. So, wow. There are quite a few repeats here that I clearly need to see. So, so basically they swapped Cyrano, which is the yeah. new movie with Peter Dinklage, which I haven't heard I a lot about. Um, he's in it, so I'll go he's see in it. it. For Nightmare Alley, which is out now with Bradley Cooper, the new Guillermo del Toro movie. So, yes. Kate so that's in that. yeah so i think i'm gonna go see that even if we don't do an episode on it it looks interesting so mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i might go check that out so those are your critics choice best picture and golden globe best picture nominees i'm not going to get into actor and actress and i mean it's a lot of the same movies though so that's that's kind of you know if the movie was good normally the performances are good and uh you know the people get nominated we'll say lady gaga did get nominated for house of gucci which we just covered and benedict cumberbatch did get nominated for power of the dog so yes no no shockers there okay it's uh it's time to talk about spider-man no way home the third movie in this trilogy with tom holland so spoilers from this point on you've been warned so if you don't want it spoiled come back and listen to the rest of this after you've seen it i would highly suggest go see it first before you listen to this because it's there's some really cool and unique moments that you don't want like spoiled for you so it's uh released on december 17th of 2021 rated pg-13 just in theaters for sequences of violence and action brief suggestive comments and some language it is two hours and 28 minutes imdb it is a 9.1 out of 10 which is not many movies get over a nine on imdb it is very rare so this is very highly rated at this point you know what does shawshank shawshank yes (laughs) Shawshank gets over a nine. There's like 10 or 12 movies that have over a nine on IMDb. Shawshank is one of them. I haven't watched that movie in like a month or so. I feel like it's time. Oh, a whole month. Okay. Jared, you won't be surprised to hear I watched La La Land the other day. I just felt like, you know what? You know what's been missing from my life? Shawshank and La La Land. So I went back and watched that. And I watched Promising Young Woman. Oh, I almost popped La La Land in the other day, but I didn't. Oh my gosh. It's on Hulu right now. Oh, is it? Very nice. Okay. Good to know. So... 
Um, yes, with very high ratings on Rot- on IMDb, Rotten Tomatoes is the same. Critics, 94%. Audience, 99%. So... 99! 99. Literally every... just Okay, because there was five people that went and saw this and didn't like <laughs> it in some capacity. But just about everybody right. has enjoyed this movie. So... Yeah. The box office, it's crushing at the box office. It's the biggest box office movie since COVID. I mean, it's it's breaking records for that. Domestically, so far, and we're recording this on Monday after opening weekend, it's made $253 million domestically and $587 million when you combine it with the worldwide gross. So it's already halfway to a billion dollars, and it's been out you know, less than four days here in the United States. So I think, I think those people are making their money back. I think so. I think Tom Holland's probably pretty happy right now, wherever he's hanging out. So yes, I have an update on my, my, uh, feelings about tom holland i oh, okay. have i have pinpointed why he was removed from my list oh okay good to know yeah. so i know everyone tuned into this episode to hear that uh the synopsis for this movie with spider-man's identity now revealed peter asks dr strange for help when a spell goes wrong dangerous foes from other worlds start to appear forcing peter to discover what it truly means to be spider-man so a lot of a lot of stakes in this in this movie. We have a few critics reviews. First up is Nicholas Barber of BBC.com, who says No Way Home isn't just about looking back at old films. It also opens up new avenues for the Marvel Universe or the Marvel Multiverse, to be more accurate. Yes, spot on. I so, loved this comment. I totally agree. Yeah, because in the in the Marvel movies that were kind of the the encapsulating story was the Avengers um, and Endgame. That wasn't we weren't really traveling through time very much in those particular movies. Whereas they've introduced that aspect now, different worlds, different dimensions, things like that. So that's going to be a big point for Marvel movies going forward. And next up, our man James Bardinelli of Real Views. We still have to get him on this show because we have not yet. I know. So I we, haven't called him. I haven't. I haven't messaged him on Twitter, but I'm sure he'd be willing to come <laughs> on and like maybe during the review segment just give his review, and then you know yeah. that would be the that segment. But James <laughs> has said about this movie: as superhero movies go, this one offers its share of satisfying moments and is guaranteed to warm the heart of any Spider-Man movie fan, regardless of when their fandom started. I also loved this. I have something to say about that that I think was a really positive thing about the movie that relates to that comment. Next up, we have Moira McDonald of the Seattle Times, who says those who who meticulously study the Marvel Universe will find lots to happily debate here. But those of us with a more casual connection to superhero movies will simply have a rollicking good time. I like that because we talked about Eternals. That was the last Marvel movie we did. And that was very like heavy science fiction, yeah. like, you know, lots of big concepts being thrown around. And this is like much simpler to understand. And it's mm-hmm. much more accessible for the, like she says, the casual fan. So, and then finally we have Leah Greenblatt of entertainment weekly, who says what seems at first like pure fan service turns out to be some of the best and by far the most meta stuff Marvel has done tender and funny and a little bit devastating. And this movie is directed by John Watts, who has directed the other two Spider-Man movies that Tom Holland has been in. So he's done both of those. He did all three of these in the trilogy. He's also directed Cop Car and a couple music videos and shorts. Next up, he's directing Fantastic Four. 
Uh, none of the Fantastic Four movies have been good so far, so I'm no. interested to see if he can turn the ship around. <laughs> Did, so didn't even waste my time with them, and I was like, "Why are we bringing this back?" There was no demand for this. There's so much other stuff we could do, and we're going to you know do I Fantastic Four. I stopped asking questions. Like when we are on the like 84th Marvel Universe movie, and we're remaking West Side Story, I just don't care anymore. I'm like, okay, do whatever you want. My opinion doesn't matter. Yeah, when like Marvel comes out with some movie that's like you know whatever set in ancient Greece, we're like okay, we're gonna be like yeah okay, guess this makes sense. Guess this connects in somehow. You know, I guess this is gonna work. So, but Jared, the day this is uh, December twentieth, the day they remake Gone with the Wind or Casablanca, I'm out. I'm or leaving. Or singing with the rain. Yeah, get out of here. Singing in the rain. <laughs> singing in the rain. Singing with the rain. You could also sing with the rain. <laughs> they do that. You too. could argue that you know that movie does have some singing with the rain in it certain does. musical numbers. It does. So, but. <laughs> The day they do those, I'm out. Goodbye. Goodbye. Katie is leaving this podcast if that like, ever happens. I will fly to Mars. I will fly in Elon Musk's little a spaceship thing. thing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> there we go. Okay. <laughs> we'll take a quick break here on the show. We'll come back. We'll talk about the cast who you already know who's in this and our likes and dislikes for Spider-Man. And we're back here on the Silver Screen Podcast talking about Spider-Man. No way home. And it's time now to talk about the cast. We're not going to spend a ton of time on the three people in the main cast because they've been in lots of other projects. The first one of those is Tom Holland, who plays Spider-Man. Ah, Tom Holland. You might know him as Peter Parker or Spider-Man in this film. He is an English actor best known for Spider-Man Homecoming, Captain America Civil War, Avengers Infinity War, Avengers Endgame, and Onward. Next up, Jared. I was so excited for this. He is going to play Fred Astaire in a Fred Astaire biopic. 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 (laughs) (laughs) I even practiced last night. I was typing these notes and I was like, Katie, it's biopic, biopic. And I messed up. So anyway, if anyone has been a longtime lover of this podcast, thank you, first of all. But also there was a heated debate a while back about biopic versus biopic. biopic. I forget which episode Um, that was, but we had a long discussion. Yeah, Jared was correct. I was wrong. And I am okay admitting it. Um, (laughs) But I'm excited. And I feel really good about this choice because uh, Tom Holland can dance because he was in Billy Elliot. He actually knows how to dance. So I feel like if you're going to portray arguably the best dancer who's ever lived that is yeah i'm interested for him to do something that's not yeah. an action adventure movie yeah um, maybe because i think not marvel that would be Disney. good yeah. yeah yeah i think that's a good choice so i'm excited and then just to let you know how i pinpointed um no, it's okay that if you he's don't not care on anyone. your list yeah yeah he got bumped from the list um his hair is growing out i don't love it some okay. people might love it it's getting longer, which is fine. Some people can pull that off. And I especially think <laughs> this might be weird to say. I think English people can pull it off better than American people. Um, but he has curly hair. It's like this pretty like reddish brown color copper. It's beautiful. But I don't like it. I like his hair shorter. Okay. Um, so I think that's what it is. And then he was on Seth Meyers. And I watched that last night. It was a very cute interview. But he was wearing like a Prada vest. I also didn't like the Prada vest. And... He just looked a little, like, too comfortable. Like, you know, some people go on and you can tell they're nervous. Like, Timothy Chalamet twitches and it makes him, he's so endearing and adorable, I want to marry him. But then I see Tom Holland and I'm like, you're looking too comfortable. And you're like, 24, 
and calm down. Yeah, that's like uh, so, anytime Sir Ronan goes on a yes. show to like promote a movie is like yes. she just doesn't really like to do that. So she always right. like is looks just kind of nervous and not she happy does. to be there. But yeah, if you're like Tom <laughs> Holland rolling in, like I don't know, like you're I don't know Tina Fey and you've known Seth Meyers for twenty years or something, right. then that's you're a real little friends. <laughs> and it, real I was, that's. It's cool that he is confident, like he came across as confident, but it was ever so slightly very into cocky where I was like, ooh, I don't, I don't like this. But he had already been removed from the list, but I wanted people to know the mystery has been solved. It's there. Okay. So, all right. There we go. Next up, we have his girlfriend, but she is a person in her own right, Zendaya. Zendaya plays MJ. She is best known for Spider-Man Homecoming, The Greatest Showman, Malcolm and Marie, which... Jared and I unfortunately covered. It's probably gonna and, be my worst movies at twenty twenty one list. So yeah. I didn't know if we were gonna do that, but mine too. <laughs> and also Dune, though she redeemed herself. Next up, you can see her in the second season of HBO's Euphoria, and also Dune two. Very nice. Yes. And then lastly, we have Benedict Cumberbatch. This is fast. So we just talked about him in our literal last episode, 130, The Power of the Dog. Um, He plays Doctor Strange in this movie. He is, of course, an English actor, best known for The Imitation Game. He was nominated for an Oscar for that. August Osage County, Doctor Strange, and playing Sherlock Holmes on BBC. He has many upcoming projects, most notably Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness, Rio, and Magic. And then this movie is also starring, I mean, there's there's so many people, I couldn't put them all, but here's some of them. Marissa Tomei, John Favreau, Jacob, is it Batalon? Is that how you say it? I think so, yeah. Okay, I think so too, but I wasn't sure. Jamie Foxx, Thomas Hayden Church, J.K. Simmons, Willem Dafoe, Alfred Molina, Benedict Wong, and other people we can't talk about without major spoilers, so... Yeah, and so. that's not confirming or denying anything if you guys have heard rumors. I'm just no. saying we can't talk about it. Yeah, and I feel like some of the cast, I don't know how much they revealed in the trailers. I mean, we knew like Alfred Molina was going to be in it, but there were some other people that showed up that were like, you know, we didn't know they were going to be in the movie either. So we're going to move into our likes and dislikes now. Spoilers coming up. Just we'll tell you once again, there's going to be yeah. spoilers. So here we go. So uh, we'll talk about, I guess, the biggest thing for this movie first, which is that Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield are both in the movie I'm playing Spider Man. So not really, but just know in my head, I'm screaming. <laughs> so I went when that scene happened. I thought yes. I so I was pretty confident that like I had seen a lot a couple rumors, and I was pretty confident that like Andrew Garfield was at least going to be in it because I yeah. said you know he's the most recent one. He yeah. seemed to like to do. He's still in a lot of movies. He's still you know. This makes yep. sense. Tobey Maguire was the one that I was more surprised to see just because he hasn't played Spider-Man in a while and he's not in a ton of stuff like acting, like big stuff acting wise now. So when he came in, I was like, okay, this is like, this is pretty cool that they got both of them to do this movie because it would have been yes. cool with just Andrew and Tom, but to have Toby, Andrew and Tom all in the movie and to keep that a secret, I mean, great job by Marvel and great job by Tom Holland, who I feel like leaks stuff like all the time. He's just not good with like keeping secret information <laughs> about these movies he's in. Yeah. Um, did a good job to not reveal that before the movie came out. I was pumped. I will say I kind of, I didn't figure it out, but I did assume if Andrew was coming back, I did assume Toby would because I thought it'd be weird if they brought one and not the other. And Toby was like the person, I, I had a friend point out that, um, 
Toby was the person we grew up with, like my generation, like that's our Spider-Man. So Andrew Garfield wasn't my Spider-Man. Tom Holland's definitely not my Spider-Man. Toby's Hashtag my Spider-Man. not my Spider-Man. <laughs> no, and I love, I love them all. I actually yeah. think all three of them do a really good job in very different ways of portraying Spider-Man. But Toby Maguire is, he's my dude. And now he does have some problems if anybody saw Molly's game. Um, God bless. But, but, um, he looked good, too. I don't mean, like, good like he's on my list, but, I mean, he looked really fit and thin and put he together. He was charismatic, yeah. He really yep. was, yep. It, and I was so happy. And Andrew Garfield, I did know it was him because of... Um, I noticed this in another movie. Oh, oh, what we were talking about Harry Styles. Um, I can tell, I don't know how, why, when people walk, like, I can tell who they are. And we saw him, like, kind of leaping. He looked kind of, like, ballet-like coming down from that dark hallway or whatever when we first see him. And I was like, oh, my God, that's Andrew. I knew it right away. Very but nice. I was very excited. I thought they did a great job. And it added to me a huge element of nostalgia, which, who doesn't really like nostalgia? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So yeah. I think I kind of had a hunch that maybe they were going to be in it when they, when the, because the beginning of the movie, they're bringing back villains from other yes. Spider-Man movies. And I was like, it seems like if the villains are going to, are all kind of gathering together, that maybe Spider-Man, all three of them will team up. And that's what happened. So yeah. another like I had for this movie is that I really like that it picks up right where the last movie leaves off so you basically like the end of the last movie spider-man's identity is revealed that he's peter parker that's how that one ends and then this movie basically just starts right where that is and i really liked that because another like for this movie is that you know the pacing's really good and it doesn't have a lot of downtime in it but i like that we didn't have to go through this whole setup thing and yada it's like no we're just starting we're just here it is we're into this so jared great point because i also liked that they didn't dwell on it like they were just just like boom, yeah. he's Peter Parker, and then they start running. Like you, you just had to get the one one piece of information, and then you're automatically like, we are in it. We understand the conflict. We understand the dynamic. Let's go. So that was great, great choice. And I really, I agree with you about the pacing. I had written that down myself. I think that this movie was entertaining the whole way through. And I don't know about you. I know that you and I are different with like how long we want a movie to be or our interest kind of wanes, but it depends on the movie. But this movie did not feel like two and a half hours to me. And if it did. Well, it didn't, but <laughs> but I didn't want it to end. Like, I was so engaged the whole time, and I can't really remember the last time a film really took me away like that. Even Shang-Chi came close, but I think this, because of feeling so invested in those previous characters, I was way more invested in this film. Yeah, I mean, once the three of them show up, it was like, which is probably... 45 minutes into the movie i mean the rest yeah. of the movie was just like you know i was i was in at that point so yes. for sure so another like for this movie is that this is probably the best uh spider-man series in terms of like natural friendships so yes. the friendship between peter and mj and ned that all feels really natural it's really well written all three of those actors play their parts very well and it mm-hmm. seems like it's an actual real life you know and they are friends in real life you see interviews and stuff that they do and they have a bunch of fun with each other so i like that and i think that that's a you know it makes the film more believable when you have some actual like true friendships it does and that also leads me to not only did i think the friendship seems so natural but also the chemistry between zendaya and tom holland we now know like they love each other it's cute it actually is really really cute i think um but 
I want to compliment whoever did the casting for all three of these, the all three Spider-Mans. They picked excellent co-stars because I can't say that one did not have chemistry. Andrew Garfield and Emma Stone, they were together for a long time, like actually in love, but they also had great chemistry. And then Kirsten Dunst and Tobey Maguire. I, I mean, that kiss, I lived for that kiss. That upside down kiss was like, <laughs> I remember being a teenager and being like, if a man ever kisses me like this. My heart will explode and I will die, but it will be worth it because it will have been the best kiss of my life. It still hasn't happened, that upside down one. <laughs> In a <laughs> spider call, web? Okay. <laughs> I need to call someone. <laughs> anyway, but I, I thought the chemistry was so good. And whoever, I know they haven't had the same casting director for all of the movies, but they've done a stellar job specifically with Spider-Man. I don't think that all the movies have that. Yeah, I, th- I would agree, especially when you look at like some other series that are being either remade or like, you know, like Batman comes to mind because we've had, you know, yeah. a, d- a lot of different people play Batman throughout the course yeah. of the years. And we're going to have another new one in Robert Pattinson coming up next year. But it's like some of those haven't worked out so great, whereas yeah. Spider-Man has always usually been pretty solid i think the That's... only complaint with the the only complaint i heard about the toby Maguire spider-man movies that w- he was maybe too old to play that part when he played it but other than that i mean those are still pretty solid especially the first two are s- still really good movies so yes and uh, um no i forgot what it was <laughs> i forgot what i was gonna say <laughs> i did can, can i tell you i'm chomping at the bit jared can i okay, tell you my next it. favorite thing yes <laughs> i'm already laughing so hard okay Two things in this movie made me laugh so hard, I thought I was going to wet my pants. <laughs> First one happens right out of the gate. We see Doctor Strange. <laughs> he's calmly he's calmly walking down that... Well, he like floats down the stairs. He does this little flying floaty thing. And then he's holding a mug that says, Oh, for Fox's sake. <laughs> it has a fox on it. And I felt like I was the theater was packed. I think I was the only one that was laughing at it. I kept looking around like, is this killing anybody else? Does everybody else see the mug? <laughs> like, I'm sure everybody else did, but it tickled me to death. <laughs> and I've already looked it up. Uh, you can buy it on Amazon. You can buy them so okay. many places. <laughs> but it's not expensive. And I don't know why I haven't already bought like four for myself. I think I need to. But my God, that was so funny. And I love it too because it's like, it's inappropriate, but it's not. Like, you could get away with having that at a workplace technically because... <laughs> You it's know, a got a fox on it. It doesn't yeah. say the word. Yeah. Um, okay. Then the other thing that made me almost wet my pants when uh, I forget who says this. Oh, was it Andrew Garfield? I think said it was Toby Andrew McGuire. Garfield. Yeah. Okay. He said something about like, are you gonna are you gonna keep dressing like a hip youth pastor? <laughs> it made me laugh so hard because. I feel like we all, if we grew up in a church or in any area that had a church, we all know this person. We all can think of someone who's like, I'm just fitting in with the cool kids, but I also love Jesus. And that person's great. I'm not making fun of that person. I'm just saying that was the most spot on thing he could have said. And I could not stop laughing. And I cackle. I basically did a patty laugh. Yeah, I belly laughed the at like that, that line. Yeah. yeah, And other people laughed, but I like guffawed. Like, I am sure <laughs> people were like, is that girl okay? But that cracked me up. So I just wanted to mention it because those two moments alone were worth the entire two and a half hours. Well, that Price was... admission. That, that youth pastor joke was really funny. And it also helped with the story, too, because at that point, like, you, I thought maybe Toby is in this, but maybe he doesn't want to do, like, the stunts or stuff. And, like, he's older. Maybe he just, you know, maybe he's not going to, like get in the suit and really do a ton of stuff. And then he confirmed like with that joke that he did have the suit on and that he was like, you know, 
he's going to be a part of things. So uh, another like this was happened in both of our showings, but the theater experience is really great for this one. People were mm-hmm. really engaged. I mean, we both went opening weekend, so that probably was part of it. But, you know, people were really excited when uh, we had I had cheers in my theater when Andrew yeah. Garfield and Tobey Maguire yes. showed up on screen. I had, uh, you know, big emotional moments too, like spoiler mm-hmm. alert when Aunt May dies. People were very sad. <laughs> Um, when Tobey Maguire gets stabbed, people like gasped audibly at the end oh of the movie. Oh my gosh, I so. just forgot about that until you said it. Oh, so they were very engaged and it was a really good, I mean, most Marvel movies are a really cool theater experience, but this one for sure, like everybody was, was really it was into great. it. So I feel like uh, I was obviously most excited for Dune and No Time to Die this year, but I feel like uh, those were great audiences, but this was the best of the whole year. Like this was the best, like everybody I felt was invested, respectful, like not talking when the movie was going on. And we all were reacting at the same time in a similar way. So it wasn't annoying and it wasn't like ongoing, but it was great. Also, this is kind of a point that one of the critics that we touched on brought up, Moira from the Seattle Times. But this is a really entertaining movie, whether you are a huge fan of Spider-Man movies or you're more of a casual fan or you just want to go see a good movie. Now, obviously, if you haven't seen the other Spider-Man movies, some things aren't going to make sense to you in this movie um, and you won't get certain references and things. But if you just saw this Spider-Man movie, you would still enjoy it and it would still be a good time. Yes, Totally agree. This is what I was alluding to earlier. I think I am someone who has seen all the Spider-Mans and I really, Spider-Man's probably one of my favorite um, superheroes, but I I didn't feel quite as invested in like the Andrew Garfield ones. Like I said, I was really into the Tobey Maguire ones, but I care very much about these characters, but I'm not someone that has revisited the film. Like I don't once a year, like the Harry Potter films, I will watch every year, but I didn't do that with these. But I felt like this was just as enjoyable for me as someone who cares but is not diehard religious about it versus people that I know that were like living for this movie to come out. So I think it was great though because it was entertaining for everybody. And ultimately the entertainment value is a huge reason of why I've scored it like I have because I feel like this is a film I want to watch over again. Um and I just feel like it was equal parts heartfelt, funny, nostalgic, entertaining. It was great. I know, yeah, you mentioned nostalgia, and I think that was a big thing for me, is that, like, throughout my life, I've re- I've remembered going and, like, I saw the Tobey Maguire movies, like, with my dad, and we went to the theater oh. and, like, saw those, and then, like, Andrew Garfield, like, he was Spider-Man when I was, like, in college, so I remember going to see both of those movies with, like, people that I went to school with, and obviously Tom Holland now is an adult, and, like, you and I are good friends, we've seen one of these movies together, I forget which one it was, it was either the first or second Spider-Man movie with Tom Holland that we saw together. So like there's some really good like just personally for me, I've had some really like cool experiences with the Spider-Man movies and I thought it was cool to kind of get that all coming together, you know, in this movie and that scene where they like finally all like jump off the Statue of Liberty and they're all Mm -hmm. in this Spider-Man suits and all in the same shot and then they all kind of land with their like signature poses. I thought that was just like a really like people clapped in the theater when that happened. So that was just like a very joyful moment like that kind of brought everything full circle from all of these movies so speaking of that too that was another thing i loved was the interactions between the spider-mans i that also made me laugh almost as much as the fox and the (laughs) the youth pastor thing because the guys together 
they had moments of just being hilarious and kind of dogging on each other like like friends, good friends will do. And then they also had really heartfelt moments talking about. But I, I thought it wasn't um, forced. It felt like a real interaction that adults could have, even adult males with each other, where you're just talking about, yeah, I've, I've experienced some horrible things and then kind of um, going off the other one and sharing your story. I thought that seemed pretty natural to me and like not an absurd conversation to have. And it didn't feel like they were just spouting off lines that they had on the script. And I thought that they did a tremendous job, all three of them interacting with each other, where I I wanted I was enjoying being a fly on that wall and hearing that conversation. I think, too, like this movie show, one of its big points is that, like, you know, it's showing like uh, that men can show emotions like that's a really big theme throughout the movie because you know all three of them are having a really cool friendships but they like you said they talk about deeper topics all three yeah. of them I think cry at some point in this movie they do. At various things so you know I thought that was a cool storyline of like you know showing men and especially like a lot of little boys that might go see this movie that like yeah it's okay to like feel things at certain times like it's okay to be sad or it's okay to be happy or, you know, it's okay to have those types of things happen to you. So I thought that Absolutely. was a really cool storyline. So And it was weird to see this movie right after we did Power of the Dog, yeah. where it's toxic masculinity and it's like, it's like don't men show that your are emotions. not, like, yeah. don't, show emo- don't have emotions. That's for women folk. <laughs> so that was interesting to watch this film, which, again, this was infinitely better to me because this is more the world that I, I experience today. And another like that I had, well, another thing that you had while well, we're talking about emotions and then we'll get to my yes. other final thing is that this movie was very emotional. I think mm-hmm. this is probably Tom Holland's most dramatic performance as Spider-Man. I mean, there's a lot of things he has to do in this movie that are very like hard moments or, you know, yes. heartfelt moments that he has to kind of act through. And I thought he really did all of those scenes very well. And there's even some emotional moments too with like, Doctor Strange at the end of the movie he's like I don't think I can stop this like I mm-hmm. think this is this is going to happen so like we have to just basically erase and tell you know do the spell that everybody doesn't know that you're Spider-Man so yeah. I thought and that I, that was a lot of emotional stuff too I loved that Doctor Strange showed emotion too because we know him as as I mean he's hysterical and weird yeah. But it was neat to see him. I feel like he thinks he's taken on this kind of fatherly or avuncular role with Tom Holland's character where he cares a lot about this kid and and wants to do right by him and doesn't have his own children or anything. So he feels it's his responsibility. The other thing that I liked that you brought up, um, Tom Holland, I think you're absolutely right. He did a very good job with the emotional scenes. And the scene I was really impressed with was actually at the end with Zendaya, where he goes in and because I think I think many of us at this age have experienced that where you there's love, but you can't either that person doesn't reciprocate it or they've moved on or it's something where you're like, I have so much love, but I can't like nothing is being given back to me. But it's still you still care for them. You're still emoting. That scene hit me really hard. But I thought he did a tremendous job with the acting in that scene. And I believed it. I didn't think he was acting. I believed that really was happening to him. Yeah, there's a lot of uh, that's probably his like most nuanced acting in these movies because a lot mm-hmm. of it is over the top and funny and, you know, big set pieces and stuff like that. So that was I thought, yeah, good performances by everybody there. And then my only other like before we move on to dislikes is I thought that Willem Dafoe was really good as Green Goblin. Uh, I thought he just did a really solid job as that villain. 
I didn't love all the villains. That'll be in my dislikes. But I thought that he particularly did a really great job, especially as somebody that hasn't been a villain in a Spider-Man movie in a while. And obviously somebody that's older too, still gave a fantastic performance in this as kind of the main villain in the group of, of villains. I agree with you. Willem Dafoe scared the heck out of me when I was young. And when he was in the Tobey Maguire ones, I thought he was so <laughs> evil and sadistic. And I was scared of Willem Dafoe himself. And so then we would see him in that movie, like The Lighthouse and other things. And I was like, is this man okay? Does someone need to check on him? But he's just a really good actor. Also, um, we'll move on now to our dislikes because that's basically all of our likes. So one dislike you had is that Aunt May dies. I was sad when this happened. It's obviously going to, it kind of set up motivations for Tom Holland. It had to happen. It had to happen. And in fact, it didn't even take that scene. I felt like I didn't think it was too long, but I knew she was going to die like three minutes before she died. I was like, yep. Okay. Well, the writing's on the wall here. Um, But it was really sad when she did die. But I agree with you. It needed to happen and it completely gave motivation for the rest of the film. But it did make me sad because I love Marissa Tomei so much. And she's great in that role. And we didn't even mention John Favreau and our likes who plays Happy. But, you know, he was obviously hit emotionally with that too. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. And if you're a Friends fan, you you knew him before Iron Man and all that became famous um, because he was in Friends. So the other dislikes with this movie, and there's not a ton, but they all kind of have to do with the villains in the movie. Um, one dislike I had is that I thought the worst, the worst performance by a villain by far, I thought was Jamie Fox. I just Me too! thought he didn't know what he was doing in this movie, or like <laughs> his line delivery was very weird as Electro. It and was. I just thought it. He was. He was the only really bad performance of the movie for me. I thought, you know, Thomas Hayden Church and Alfred Molina were fine. Um, but I thought that Jamie Foxx just was not very good in this. See, I love Alfred Molina. I thought he did a killer job and I was sad there wasn't more of him. Um, well, there was a lot of him, but I'll get to that. But Thomas Hayden Church, I love. I forgot about the lizard. <laughs> I did too. Me. Yeah. I was like, wait, what? Who was what? <laughs> He was the only character that I was like, wait, what movie was he? I don't even remember this guy. I did have to ask Arjun about um, like Electro and stuff. I couldn't remember which films people were in. I was like, wait, was this a Garfield one? I don't, you know. Yeah. Anyway, I agree with you. There was something kind of stilted about Jamie Foxx's performance. And we know he's a good actor. He's won an Oscar. Not that that's the end all be all, but we know he's talented. But I just felt like this did not showcase his talents. No. And I don't know if it's because he had like, kind of every character in this movie is vying for screen time. So like you just have certain moments to like get your stuff in and then kind of get out and let the story advance. So I don't know if he just couldn't really like, you know, find those like spots to be really good because he's maybe in the movie for like 10 minutes total when you add up all his scenes throughout the entire movie. But I don't know. I just thought, yeah, his performance wasn't great for me. And then Alfred Molina, who plays Doc Ock, he obviously turns very quickly. So yes. he turns into a good guy and he's like, I want to help you, Peter. I want to help, you know, get our regular lives back and go back to normalcy and, you know, stop being villains, which I thought was a cool storyline, but he wasn't like you, like you've said, he wasn't evil very long. So no. he kind of, he switches very fast. And Alfred Molina, I, I think he is such a good actor. I've loved him in everything I've ever seen him in. And he is especially good at playing the role of Doc Ock. And so I was sad that he was like the first person they quote unquote fixed. Um, 
So I would have liked just more time of him being evil because Willem Dafoe, we got a lot of time with that evilness. Like even Electro, I was kind of like, no one cares what you're saying and you're not that scary. Go away. I would have preferred the screen time of the the villainy or whatever be from Doc Ock much more than Electro or Sandman. But either way, that was just a small criticism. And then I could be wrong about this, Jared. I Well... I'm not blaming Arjun. I just think Arjun has a much better memory of, like, the nuances and stuff that happened in previous films. But he told me that Electro didn't know Andrew Garfield was Spider-Man in The Amazing Spider-Man 2. Okay. So that I don't know. That might if, be accurate. I don't know if, like, he ever yeah. takes his mask off or not. He seems pretty positive okay. about it. And he does watch a lot of things that are about, like, plot holes. And, like, you know, he loves Marvel. So I, I'm inclined to think he's correct. I didn't fact check. So if people, if anybody is a hater or upset, please feel free to <laughs> write to me on social media and let me know. But um, I think he is right. And it's not that he didn't know Spider-Man. He just did not know Andrew Garfield was Spider-Man, was, like, Peter Parker and all that. So that is a stretch to say in this film, like, oh yeah, he knew exactly who this was and the significance of this person. Yeah, because the other villains, like Willem Dafoe knows Tobey Maguire, Doc mm-hmm. Ock knows yeah. Tobey Maguire. So it's like those kind of things, like because that was revealed in the movies. But like you said, I can't remember with Electro if he ever actually knows that Andrew Garfield, like Andrew Garfield is the yeah. one that's Spider-Man. So And another thing he told me, this is the last thing I had, um, and it could be wrong, but I don't think it is. He said, um, Arjun told me Sandman and the Lizard didn't die fighting Spider-Man in their respective movies. Okay. So everybody kept talking about we don't want to die, and like those two never did die. <laughs> so there's really no reason when they went back to wherever their respective places were that they would be dead. And well, I, I, th- I thought, oh, that's a good thing to point out. I would never have caught that. Well, and even when like Sandman shows up the first time, like he's willing to help Peter Parker because he thinks that's like Tobey Maguire that's in that suit instead of Tom Holland. So, you know, like you said, I don't like that is a little weird to include them when, yeah, they didn't die in their respective movies. And the lizard was kind of weird to include anyway, because I honestly forgot I know. about him. Why? So. <laughs> And I thought, too, when like before I saw this movie, that maybe some villains from the Tom Holland Spider-Man movies would come in. Like, maybe Michael Keaton was going to come back and, you know, oh my revise gosh, his yes. character or something. But that didn't end up happening. But, you know, I thought maybe we would get some villains from Tobey Maguire's days, Andrew Garfield's days, and maybe Tom Holland's days. But that did not, that did not end up happening. So Yes. Well, I, um, I our... am trying to find okay. people to back up what I was saying. But So if I find it, I'll let you know. Okay. Well, that's basically yeah. all of our likes and dislikes for Spider-Man No Way Home. Really solid movie. Really great Marvel movie. We kind of expected this was probably going to be the best Marvel movie of the year. And I think our scores are probably going to reflect that. So I think it's your turn to go first. So, <gasps> Oh, I'm ready. Okay. I am giving this? this real high ratings. <laughs> I am giving this a 97. Okay. I thought this movie... I wouldn't say it was a perfect movie, but... I've brought this up a couple times in our recent um, recent podcast episodes, and I feel like if it's our podcast, we can say what we want to say. But I think a lot of things that I like about movies or I think makes a good movie is if it's entertaining, if you can watch it again, if it can we- reach a variety of people, ages, types of people. And I think this movie does that in spades. I didn't see... There was just not a lot that I disliked. There was so much to like. And they really got me bringing up this stuff from like, growing up. I mean, that's part of, I think what's nice about life is looking back at how you've grown and changed and things that were going on in your life. It's like when you hear a song that was like your breakup song when you were 14, but you like no longer hate it. You just remember how you felt then. That's the way this movie made me feel. It just made me think about different times in my life and what was going on. Like even that Spider-Man kiss I was telling you about, 
I'm not really joking. Like, I really wanted a kiss like that. And I kept thinking, like, oh, my gosh, that could still I have so much life left ahead of me. This could still happen. And I was so excited about it. Anyway, I just thought it was excellent. I'm giving it a 40, a 97. <laughs> 47. It bombed. I thought it was I'm great, sorry. but honestly, I got to go <laughs> low. I got to go it's low It's a 40 here. for me. No, it's 97. Sorry. I don't know. I think it's because I was looking at the time. <laughs> oh, okay. I got to, I'm going to go just like one point below you. I'm going to give right. it just so we don't have the same scores, but I'm going to well, give it a, a 96. Excellent. Um, it's in my top five of the year right now. Me too. Me so too. It's definitely going to make my top 10 list at the end of the year. Once we've seen, uh, we have to see a few more movies, mm-hmm. West Side Story, Matrix, maybe one or two more things before we're able to assemble our top 10 of the year list but i thought this was this is going to be right up there it's definitely going to be in the top five if not like the top three probably when it's yes. all said and done so there you go that's our thoughts on spider-man no way home you can follow the show on social media at podcast silver on instagram and twitter and just search the silver screen podcast on facebook and we'll pop up wherever you listen to the show if you don't mind a rate and review that always helps us out we thank you very much for that if you leave us a review we'll read it on an episode so there's some incentive for that and our next episode will be a movie that katie has just been looking forward to since it was announced then that's West Side Story, directed by Steven Spielberg. So, I can hardly wait. I know you. I know you're pumped for that one. So, I've been waiting. I can hardly. I mean, I don't. I wish I was seeing it today. <laughs> so that'll be our next episode of the Silver Screen Podcast. Until next time, we'd like to thank the Academy. <laughs>